Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Month of December is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. We're right now in the liturgical season of Advent and we're moving into the Christmas season. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, the, Chris, this, the Christmas uh, season, to me, it is a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence. And one of the things, Paul, that's sad is because the symbol of Christmas is pure joy, uh, purity, and innocence, uh, we have a document that's causing a lot of confusion right now in the church. It just came out, came out uh, yesterday or two days ago. I have it right here in front of me. It's called Declaration Fiducia Supplicans on the Pastoral Meaning of Blessings. And this came out from the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. Now, me and Paul are going to have a conversation about this document. I want to just say right, out the, right, right from the very beginning, so people don't uh, accuse me. Uh, <clears throat> I admit I've read the document and the document does not say to bless homosexual couples per se. It doesn't say that. And I admit that it doesn't say that. But I'll tell you one thing. It's written in such a way that it's going to be very ambiguous. I would call this weaponized ambiguity. Let me read the meat of it, which is starts from paragraph 31. And then me myself and Paul will have a conversation for the rest of the show about what I've just read. The, but the meat of it, blessings of couples in irregular situations and of couples of same sex is from paragraphs 31 to 41. It's 10 paragraphs. Paul, are you there? Let me see my sidekick. Okay. So it says, Within the horizon outlined here appears the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex, the form of which should not be fixed ritually by ecclesiastical authorities to avoid producing confusion with the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. In such cases, a blessing may be imparted not that, only, that not only has an ascending value, but also involves the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, do not claim a legitimation of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationships be enriched, healed, and elevated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. These forms of blessing express a supplication that God may grant those aids that come from the impulses of the Spirit what classical theology calls actual grace so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel, that they may be freed from their imperfections and frailties and that they may express themselves in the ever increasing dimension of divine love. Now, let me just say, I see Paul now I've prayed for homosexuals. I don't bless them. I have no authority. I, I could tell you two different occasions where guys that are homosexuals came to me and they're saying, Jess, I'm, I'm, I'm plagued by this, this sin. I can't, I can't control myself. I can't stop. Can you help me? Jess, can you pray for me? On two different occasions, I've got down on my knees 
and I've told the homosexuals, get down on your knees. We got down before a crucifix. I didn't put my hand on them. I didn't lay my hand on their head. I put my hands together in, in a position of prayer, the Guadalupe position, and I just prayed a prayer of supplication. I said, dear Lord, I have a friend here, and you know his struggles, and you know that he's struggling with same-sex attractions. Lord, I just beg you, Lord, to give him the grace and, 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 and all the power from on high so that he can overcome uh, you know, his imperfections and defects, Lord, and strengthen his intellect and his will. So I've prayed for homosexuals, but I haven't... But I prayed for them because they've asked for the grace of conversion. I haven't prayed to God asking them to affirm them in their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So paragraph 32. I, I just want to take the first segment, Paul. Read this document, then we're going to talk about it the rest of the show. Paragraph okay. 32. Indeed, the grace of God works in the lives of those who do not claim to be righteous, but who acknowledge themselves humbly as sinners like everyone else. This grace can orient everything according to the mysterious and unpredictable designs of God. Therefore, with its, unti with its untiring wisdom and motherly care, the church welcomes all who approach God with humble hearts. That's a good statement. Accompanying them with those spiritual aids that enable everyone to understand and realize God's will fully in their existence. Good statements. This is not a blessing that, although not included in any liturgical rite, unites intercessory prayer with the invocation of God's help by those who humbly turn to Him. God never turns away anyone who approaches him. Yeah, good statements. Ultimately, a blessing offers people a means to increase their trust in God. The request for a blessing thus expresses and nurtures openness to the transcendence, mercy, and closeness to God in a thousand concrete circumstances of life, which is no small thing in the world in which we live. It is the seed of the Holy Spirit that must be nurtured, not hindered. Third, paragraph 34. The church's liturgy itself invites us to adopt this trusting attitude, even in the midst of our sins, lack of merits, weaknesses, and confusions, as witnessed by the beautiful colic from the Roman Missal, where we pray, the priest prays, Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon uh, what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Uh, close quote. So how often... Through a pastor's simple blessing, which does not claim to sanction or legitimize anything, can people experience the nearness of the Father beyond all merits and desires. Therefore, the pastoral sensibility of ordained ministers should always be formed to perform blessings spontaneously that are not found in the book of blessings. So this is the way this is the way they got around it. As they're saying, this is not a liturgical rite. This is, we're just giving priests the authority to perform spontaneous blessings upon somebody that approaches them. And people will argue, I saw some priests yesterday on the different networks, Newsmax, Fox News, and other networks, they're saying, oh yeah, I walk down uh, homeless uh, places and the homeless are asking me, Father, Father, bless me. He goes, I don't know their state of their soul. They could probably be in mortal sin. I walk around and I bless everybody. I go to airports. People start pulling at me. Father, Father, can you give me a blessing? I'm a Catholic. I turn around and give them a blessing. So, and, and it's a spontaneous blessing. So that's the way, that's the way they're going to shoehorn this in. But that's step one. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. Paragraph 36. In this sense, it is essential to grasp the Holy Father's concern that these non-ritualized blessings never cease being simple gestures that provide an effective means of increasing trust on God's part, on the part of the people who ask for them. Careful that they should not become a liturgical or semi-liturgical act similar to a sacrament. 
Indeed, such a ritualization would constitute a serious impoverishment because I would subject a gesture of great value in popular politics to excessive control, depriving ministers of freedom and spontaneity in their pastoral accompaniment of people's lives. Paragraph 37. In this regard, there come to mind the following words of the Holy Father, already quoted in part, Decisions that may be part of the pastoral guidance, prudence, in certain circumstances should not necessarily become a norm. That is to say, it is not appropriate for a diocese, a bishop's conference, or any other ecclesial structure to constantly and officially establish procedures or rituals for all kinds of matters. Canon law should not and cannot cover everything, nor should the Episcopal conferences claim to do so with various documents and protocols. Since the life of the church flows through many channels besides the normative ones, Thus, Pope Francis recalled that what is part of a practical discernment in particular circumstances cannot be elevated to the level of a rule because this would lead to an intolerable casuistry. 38. For this reason, one should neither provide nor for nor provide a ritual for the blessing of couples in an irregular situation. That means fornication or adultery or homosexuality. At the same time, one should not prevent or prohibit the church's closeness to people in every situation in which they might see God's help through a simple blessing in a brief prayer preceding these, this spontaneous blessing. The ordained minister could ask that the individuals have peace, health, a spirit of patience, dialogue, and mutual assistance, but also God's light and strength to be able to fulfill his will completely. 39. In any case, precisely to avoid any form of confusion or scandal, when the prayer of blessing is requested by a couple, in an, irreg in an irregular situation, even though it is expressed outside the rites prescribed by the liturgical books, this blessing should never be imparted in concurrence with the ceremonies of a civil union, and not even in connection with them, nor can it be performed with any clothing, gestures, or words that are proper to a wedding. The same applies when the, when the blessing is requested by a same-sex couple. Such a blessing may instead find a place in other contexts, such as a visit to a shrine, a meeting with a priest, a prayer recited in a group, or during a pilgrimage. Indeed, through these blessings, though these blessings that are that are given not through the ritual forms proper to the liturgy, but as an expression of the church's maternal heart, similar to those that emanate from the core of popular piety, there is no intention to legitimize anything, but rather to open one's life to God, to ask for his help to live better, and also to invoke the Holy Spirit so that the values of the gospel may be lived with greater faithfulness. And finally, paragraph 41. What has been said in this declaration regarding the blessings of same-sex couples is sufficient to guide the prudent and fatherly discernment of ordained ministers in this regard. Thus, beyond the guidance provided above, no further responses should be expected about possible ways to regulate details or practicalities regarding the blessings of this type. Here's my take. Document finished. They didn't need to write this document. I'll tell you why. Because priests already, of their own accord, uh, you know, through their own discernment, when somebody comes up to them and asks them for a blessing, you know, the priest is going to ask a couple of questions. Yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what's your name, et cetera? How old are you? You know, what are your needs? This document didn't need to be written because priests already give people spontaneous blessings that come and ask for them. A, a priest in an airport in the street and say, oh, are you in a state of grace? No. You want a blessing from a priest? I'll give you a blessing. We'll have a conversation, myself and Paul. Jesus uh, 911, stick around, don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. So what is inherently wrong with uh, with uh, the document that was put out? Again, I admit that the document does not say that homosexual couples can be blessed. But I'll tell you one thing, Paul, and we're going to play Father Murray in the, in the last segment, segment number four. It's about a four-minute clip. I just want you to hear it. This is what I would call gradualism, or what we would call in the English language the slippery slope. In other words, th- this, Paul, it's starting to go down uh it's starting it's, it's starting to go down a wrong path where somewhere down the line, who knows about the next pope? It could be an ultra-modernist is going to say, all right, well, we didn't go far enough with this document. Now I'm going to affirm, th- make this statement. And to and for in, in my take, this is what's called weaponized ambiguity. In other words, the document goes right up to the line, Paul, without crossing it. But let's be honest, the average Catholic, Paul, is not going to read this document. They're not going to read it. What they're going to do today, they turned on the radio and television and they saw the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Chicago Tribune, Washington Post, CNN, etc. And everybody, everybody is saying this. Pope Francis allows for homosexual couples to receive a blessing. Period. That's all most American Catholics are going to see right. that quick sound bite. They're not going to read the document. So they're going to, for the rest of their life, say, wow, I guess the church changed her position. because." And so that's the dangers. That type of weaponized ambiguity and that slippery slope, that's what's dangerous. Because again, all the mainstream media is saying right now the Pope allows the blessings of gay marriage and the average Catholic is not going to read the document and read the fine print. Paul, what say you? Yes. Uh, my wife this morning told me this is going to make it extremely difficult for us to preach the gospel and for people to come and understand. Well, this is what the average Catholic thinks and realizes, you know, but she's an average Catholic in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess, uh, this is like uh, 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 nothing but confusion, nothing but confusion to the body of Christ. Um, weaponized ambiguity, that's a good term for it. Uh, you mentioned the slippery slope. Yes, the slippery slope is a logical fallacy, okay? So, uh, you know, this idea, as you know, Jess, is a tactic that is used by the left. Uh, It it was used in Marxism to bring about communism. This idea uh, to just, um, just this is like the worst thing, look at losing my thought here, but this is the worst thing that could have happened to our church. Um, and when the whole world gets together and bless that the Catholic church, you know, blesses same, you know, a whole, you know, same sex unions. When, when, when that's all over the media, the church has a duty. The Pope has a duty to speak out and say, no, that's wrong. 
because his job is to bring clarity and to make sure that the faithful do not fall into sin. Okay. And so when he doesn't speak clearly, knowing that souls are at stake, knowing that this is being if, if, for, for the Pope's planners out there. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't say that exactly. We're not trying to argue technical points in the law, Jess, and say, see, it's not technically, you know, that we're trying to save souls here. Okay. People's souls are at risk. And when the church, when, when Pope Francis says things like, oh, they have gifts to bring to the church. What is he communicating there to the faithful? Uh, let me tell you something. They may have gifts to bring to the church, but they don't, they should not get to the church until they're willing to repent from their sin and acknowledge that they are in mortal and confess that sin. Paul, I'll tell you one of the things that that's problematic with the document. Again, I admit that they don't say the document does not say to bless homosexual couples. It doesn't say that. But they go right up to the line. And what I mean by that, okay, is that the document does say it does allude to the fact that homosexual couples can ask a priest for a spontaneous, it's not a liturgical, but a spontaneous blessing. Like you can ask a priest for a blessing at a supermarket or a gas station or at the airport. So they're saying that the document says that you can ask a priest for a uh, spontaneous blessing, but it says it, it, it says that the, the couple can ask the priest. The, the, the optics are horrible here, Paul. I'll tell you why. It's because implicit. Say, it's implicit of, it's implicit of moral sin. If they're a couple... You know, that's a romantic relationship, and it's not necessarily the actual concept, you know, the actual deed, so to speak. They are, uh, you know, the old just sow a thought, uh, uh, reap an attitude, uh, reap an attitude. Reap a habit. Reap a habit. Sow an attitude, reap a habit. Reap a habit. Sow a habit. Yeah. Sow a, uh, reap a lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what's, I'll, I'll give you in a practical, pr- practically speaking, why the this is dangerous. Here it is. Yeah. You got a lay Catholic says, I got to I got to stop by the church. There's a church. I'm going to stop by. I'm going to go in and say some prayers. Okay. You walk into the church because you, you're, you're driving by and you say, I, I'm going to go and do my 12 noon Angelus inside that Catholic church. So you go in and the pastor's there and he's like, uh, you know, fixing things inside the church or maybe, you know, uh, taking care of things in the sanctuary. And there's two men that walk up to him. And you're in the back praying. You're in the back praying. And you see two men walk up to the pastor who's putting flowers in front of the statue of Our Lady Guadalupe or something. And these two couples have a conversation. Then the pastor turns around, looks at them. These two men are holding hands. And then you see the pastor raise his hand over them inside the church and say a quick blessing. Then these guys turn around with a big smile. They walk out. So that lay Catholic that witnessed that in the church. Now, yeah, I admit it wasn't liturgical. Yeah, it wasn't a liturgical blessing because he didn't have his vestments on. It wasn't done during the liturgy or a sacrament. It was done on the side in front of the Our Lady Guadalupe, in front of uh, the, the the roses in the statue. Uh, you know, uh, and, and he did a quick blessing uh, spontaneously. He didn't have a book in his hand. Okay, what's the person that that drove in the lay Catholic to do his twelve noon Angelus inside the church, and he sees that. Here's what he's going to say. Wow. I guess the Catholic Church 
has changed her position on homosexuality because I just saw my pastor bless two homosexual men that are holding hands. In fact, they even walked out of the church and kissed each other. They give each other a peck in the lips. And so the optics are horrible because because the average lay Catholic that's, they're not going to read this document with, with you know, that, that, that's parsing this. Most Catholics are just going to see what's actually happening. Not, they're not going to see the documents. So that's why I'm saying there's inherent dangers to this document. And this is the classic example of what Pope Francis just said the other day, that he wants to demasculinize the church, demasculinize yeah. the church. And also, this also is consistent with what Pope Francis said in 2013 at World Youth Day, at the first World Youth Day, he said, Catholics make a mess. He, young people make a mess yeah. in the church. And then he said that again last year in Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal. He said again, young people make a mess. Well, guess what, Paul? This document is going to make a mess of things, even though it, it doesn't cross the line. Most people yeah. are just going to see the, they're going to see the practical application yes. of the document. They're not going to read the words. Yes. It's more than the young people making a mess. It's the old people, the old <laughs> prelates in the church that are making the biggest mess. Okay. And let's get it straight here. You know, it's up to the older uh, uh, people, the mature people in the faith to instruct the young. Okay, and when that does not occur, then the, the then the mess just simultaneously happens. You know, it it happens automatically. Um, you know, Jess, you're being awfully nice, and I I got to take my hat off to you. You know, because you're saying it. You know, I get it. Technically speaking, I'm tired of people trying to defend evil. There are there are things that are, uh, you know, listen, when you don't speak the truth we have we have an obligation we have a duty to speak the truth if i have a duty if i have that sense of a duty to speak the truth uh, as it says in sacred scripture teach the truth uh, speak the truth in love then definitely you know pope francis has that same duty he has more of a duty and he and 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 he has to have that sense to protect the faithful and um Everything that he has done in recent uh, times has basically reaffirmed the world, reaffirmed this idea of uh, these feminist ideas. I want to feminize the church. We don't need men anymore. That's what the, uh, the feminists say, right? They, uh, you know, we live in a, a, a male world. All of these ideas are ideas of the world that he's trying to shave down and fit it's like parts that don't fit and, and, and you know and, and let the church be somehow uh, in sync with the world sacred scripture tells us no do not be conformed to this world but be transformed we need to be to the image of our our lord and savior jesus christ and that's it and that's the message that's not coming through clearly yeah, once again, I go back to the, the the weapon that they've been using since 1965. It's called weaponized ambiguity. They do it on purpose. They go right to the line on all these teachings of the church. And they'll tell you, I didn't cross the line. Read it yourself. Where, where, where is it not Catholic? But you yeah. know their intentions. Uh, and, and I'll tell you who actually said this. There was a Vatican expert at Vatican. The, the, Vatican well, that's a 
redundant. There was an expert at Vatican II. His name is Father Edward Skillebeck. He's a heretic, but he was one of the liberal council experts at Vatican II. He said back in the 1960s, I'm going to quote him. He says this, quote, we have used ambiguous phrases during the council and we know how we will interpret them afterwards. I'm going to read it again. Father Edward Skillebeck, a heretic, he was a liberal expert at Vatican II, said, we have used ambiguous phrases during the council and we know how we will interpret them afterwards. So this there is, it is. they've continued doing that right now. You continue using, again, going right up to the line, uh, yes. using, using ambiguous phrases that could be, I don't know, maybe interpreted in another manner. And, and here's what's going to happen. What, mark my words. Father uh, James Martin, another homo, pro-homosexual, uh, they're going to be having rainbow flags on the altar, yeah. musicians, the photographer, and they're going to throw rice at people as they walk in to do spontaneous yeah. blessings inside the church. Mark my words. And the average cat and the average Protestant is going to say this is a distinction without a difference. Yep. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. Yep, Paul said it best in the last segment. He said that this document is uh, makes a distinction, but it's really without a difference. And I'll tell you why. Because most people are not going to read the document. Yes, the church did not say to to bless homosexual unions didn't say that but uh as as you read the document uh here's what it says in a nutshell that priests are allowed to give spontaneous blessings to people in civil unions that come and ask for them so that's and it doesn't say that they have to okay it's up to the priest like i know my pastor's not going he already he already told me I've talked, I'm getting texts from priests all over the country that goes, not going to happen in my church. So most priests aren't going to do this. They're not going to bless people that are coming together, two men that are holding hands. Father, can you give us a blessing? They're not going to do this. They go, go to another church. It's not going to happen here. Now, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you somebody who, again, common sense kicked in because he, he can see through, through, the nefarious, uh, through the nefarious subtleties of what this document is trying to do. Bishop Strickland, once again, America's bishop, he urges bishops to say no to Pope Francis' blessing uh, regarding this document. So it's, it's on LifeSite News. It actually says Bishop Strickland urges bishops to say no to Francis' blessings of homosexual couples. Of course, the Pope's planners are going to take him on and they're going to say, Bishop Strickland, he doesn't say to Pope to, to bless homosexual couples. You misread the document. So they're going to, you know, they're going to go after him on that. I'll say yeah, something again. that's going to... I'll, I'll say said that's going to shock everybody, even Paul here. Okay, now most people don't know this. Is it a coincidence that this document was dropped on us on our laps right before Christmas? Nah, I'll tell you why. The devil knows that this is not this is not a this is not a coincidence. This was strategically planned by the evil one. Why do I say that? There are two doctors of the church. Notice what I just said. There's only 37 doctors in the Catholic Church in 2,000 years. These are the guys that are uber smart and uber holy. You got St. Jerome, doctor of the church, and St. Bonaventure, doctor of the church. 
one in the 4th century, one in the 13th century. Both of them taught that the most, the holiest day of the year is Christmas. They taught this in homilies or homilies on, on the internet. Both of them said that when Jesus Christ was born, this is shocking here. Both of them said that when Jesus Christ was born, St. Bonaventure and St. Jerome, two doctors of the church, they said that all the sodomites in the world died the minute that Christ was born. And they argue because the pure, holy, immaculate, full of grace, son of God, purity was born into the world incarnate. All the sodomites at that moment in the world died. These are two homilies you can find on the internet from two doctors of the church. My question is, I wonder if Pope Francis and Cardinal Fernandez read those homilies because it may, they may have taken like, whoa, maybe we should hold off on that document. Paul, comments. Yeah, yes, and I did know of those, those homilies. And yes, <laughs> they obviously uh, ignored this. Yes, um, you know, there's a lot of people that say a lot of things and, and may accuse us of a lot of things. Uh, but the, here's the reality. The only thing we're interested in doing is bringing souls to Jesus Christ. Yes. That's it. Yes. Bringing souls to Christ, snatching them from the fire. That's our mission. That's our goal. That's our life's work. Why? Because this is exactly what Christ commanded us to do. We're an extension of him. He said, I came to save that which was lost. And uh, we're called to emulate him in those things. So, you know, we live in a time of confusion. We live in a time where the world is uh, just in rebellion against a holy God. Mm -hmm. uh, Same-sex unions, feminism, all the, the, the all you can name in, in the world. The Bible says simply, do not love the world nor the things in the world for the world is passing away. The, the enemies of the Christian are the world, the flesh, and the devil. So if, if the bishops and the, and, the, and the cardinals of our church, if they love Christ, Christ said, if you love me, obey me. I just pray that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear because this document is so misleading. It's, and, and if you doubt me, just look at what the whole what, what the press corps is saying all about yep. it. Yep. They, you know, it, they have been misled to think something different. And you say, well, they can say whatever they want. But no, the, you know, again, we're not splitting hairs here saying, well, technically, the pope didn't say this. And so, yeah, that might be true, you know, you know, and it is true. But the, there are sins of omission. And one of the jobs of the Holy Father, you know, he is to, you know, uh, take the faith and pass it on faithfully to this generation. No novel ideas. No, you know, there's no, um, it, this document, when it calls them couples, Jess, couples, that, that, that's implicit yeah. of the fact that they are, they are um, involving themselves in some type of sin if they happen to be same sex couples um yeah just um like i said there's technicality 
splitting of hairs. There's there's difference. There's uh, distinctions without a difference. Um, but in the end, uh, Jesus said, "You'll know by the fruit." Well, what do you think the fruit of this is going to be? Yeah, what's the not, fruit of this going to be? This it's going to be. It's going to it's going to be confusion. Mostly Catholics are going to say the church has changed your position on on the teaching of homosexuality, uh, and you're going to see you're going to see and also Paul. This also provides a weapon for the upcoming elections because here's what's going to happen: the culture of death politicians, especially the ones that are baptized Catholics, cultural Catholics, they're going to say this to their enemies across the aisle. When we as a Catholics like myself or yourself say, hey. Uh, somebody who, well, one of the non-negotiables when it comes to voting is you can't vote for somebody who promotes homosexual marriage, same-sex marriage. Well, the politicians on the left, Pope Francis just gave them a gift right before 2024 because they're going to say, hey, that used to be the case, but now didn't your Pope say, I'm going to quote the New York Times, didn't the Pope say that you can bless homosexual marriages? So this is not a non-negotiable issue anymore that you as Catholics can hold over us are, 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 you know, hold her over our heads uh, when it comes to voting. This is a non-issue. So, uh, you know, uh, so you can vote for me in good conscience because uh, this is not an issue in the Catholic Church anymore. So what I'm saying, also politically, it's an election year. He gave, uh, uh, he gave ammunition and he gave a gift to the Catholic leftists in this country who are going to say, Jess, Paul, you can't, disc- your vote, the fact that I promote homosexual marriage as a congressman or a senator and I'm a Catholic, that should not be a disqualifying issue anymore based on the on the Vatican's position now that they can receive a blessing. That's what they're going to say. And here's another yeah. thing, Paul. Tell me about this. I think this is a stronger argument coming from Scripture. I think this argument is pretty strong. Do you think that King Herod, who again, because we're talking about the violations of Sixth and Ninth Commandment issues here, Sixth and Ninth Commandment. You think King Herod could have or should have told our Lord Jesus Christ, said, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, I just, you know, I killed my brother because I loved his wife because I lusted her. And now she's my wife. I basically ripped her off from my brother. Can you bless our, our new marriage? Can you bless us? Do you think Jesus Christ or John the Baptist would have said, yeah, okay, yeah, this is a new, this is a new arrangement here? Yeah, you killed your brother and you took his wife. Not a problem, but you guys are together now and you guys love each other. Uh, Love is love. Uh, Maybe I'll bless this union. No, the Lord Jesus Christ and John the Baptist, I know they would have rebuked him to his face and not blessed that union. it's, it's, It's kind of the same thing because all of these are violations of the sixth and ninth commandment. Any type of sexual intimacy outside of the sacrament of marriage is a mortal sin. And 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 can't uh, and can't incur the blessing of God. That action cannot mm. incur the blessing of God. Now, an individual sinner, just like the document says, you know, a homeless person on the street of Skid Row, they see a priest walking by, can say, "Father, Father, can you bless me?" Of, uh, yeah, of course, he's probably going to do a spontaneous blessing out of the goodness of his heart because he's a man of goodwill. You know, he's not going to examine the guy. Are you in mortal sin? Are you Catholic? He's just going to give him a blessing. Uh, but uh, the fact is, Paul, uh, this document, in, in, in my opinion, it's using a lot of sophistry, a lot of wordsmithing. Yeah, yeah, of course, yes. And listen, here's the truth. You want the truth? 
They need a rebuke. They need a rebuke rather than a blessing. Okay. When two people yeah. come up as a couple like that, and they are they in a same sex couple, what's required is a rebuke, uh, but not a blessing. Let me just give you some scripture just to throw around uh, and, you know, concerning some of the things that may be at work here. Second uh, Timothy two, four, uh, actually uh, three through five, actually uh, from the time for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Okay, notice it didn't say that they were going to uh, 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 change the doctrine, Jess. That's that technicality, right? Technically, nothing's changed, right. but they will, but they will not endure it. They no longer want to uh, 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 apply it. They can't tolerate it. So, what are they going to do? They're going to. They want to have their ears tickled. They want it. They want to be told what they want to hear. So they want to accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth. They don't want to hear what we have to say. They don't want to hear what the church has said. They don't want to hear those great doctors of the church that that spoke truth uh, and will turn aside to the myths. But you, you know, what, 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 what kind of myth? Oh, they have gifts for the church. Hold that, thought, a myth. hold that thought. We'll be right back. Up next, Father Gerald Murray's the four-minute video on this topic. We'll, we'll comment on it. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency... Dial 888-526-2151. To help me, I want you to listen to Father Gerald Murray. He is about a four-minute comment on this document, and then we'll make some comments once he's done. Mr. Engineer, can you play Father Gerald Murray? So now the church is saying that uh, your behavior is gravely sinful, offensive to God, but the church should bless you. And what does a blessing mean? It means that we ask God to favor you in that relationship. Uh, this is absurd. This is a horrific document. It is revolutionary. Uh, all kinds of distinctions are made saying, well, this isn't blessing in, in view of it being recognized as a marriage. Uh, fine. That's what the church says, but you know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, the church, the document even says people who seek the blessing shouldn't get dressed up in wedding garments, you know, wedding glad attire and come, you know, the same day as they have their civil ceremony. Well, it's people are going to do what they want. And this is really very upsetting. Uh, this is not how the Catholic Church has ever conducted himself. And I'm very upset by what the Pope has done. Uh, a lot of people are. And, you know, I'm not exactly hearing exact uh, out of Rome, just some some back channels here and there, mostly on social media. Have you heard how is the church? How is the church spinning or trying to justify what appears to be the church turning its back on 2000 years of Catholic tradition and teaching? Well, the document says that it's an innovation, which is a development of the church's teaching. But that is a specious claim. 
Uh, it's an innovation, meaning it's something new that was never there before, but it's not a development of the church's teaching. It's a contradiction and a corruption of that teaching. You know, here I am, I'm a parish priest, and I give a class on Catholic morality, and I say that homosexual activity is immoral and people shouldn't do it. Well, at the end of the class, if two men come up to me and say, well, you know, Father, uh, I heard what you said, but I don't agree with that, neither does my partner, and we're married civilly, and we'd like you to bless our relationship. And by the way, Pope Francis said you should bless our relationship. Uh, this is the contradiction that we're living. How in the world is this possible that we could say God would favor something that he has condemned? Uh, so, yeah, did, quite clearly there's a revolutionary streak uh, in Rome right now. Uh, the cardinal who's in charge of the department that wrote the document and got the pope to agree to it. Uh, you know, he is a known revolutionary uh, in terms of doctrine, and this mm. is a further example of it. We, we had the transgender grand, uh, godparents document uh, not too long ago, as if being transgender is no yeah. problem for the church. It is a problem if you pretend to be what you're not. And yeah, and, and, for, and from this layman's perspective, it's a revolution against the teachings of Christ. Father, you saw how Pope Francis deals with those who are critical of his policies, whether it be a bishop in Texas or a cardinal from New York, the leading defenders of, of innocent babies in the womb. Uh, one of them was Frank Pavone. He was defrocked by this pope. Has, has this pope instituted real fear among traditional Catholic clergy and laity? Well, some people might be afraid of him. Others are just upset because he you know, critically uh, attacks the United States as being a reactionary, backwardist uh, church, that the Catholics here uh, are not getting with the program and going along with this liberalizing in the church. Well, Holy Father, uh, we're all subject to Christ, and we're subject to the teaching of the church. And if you say things that contradict it, uh, don't expect applause. Expect to be challenged. And it's funny because at different points in the pontificate, he said he doesn't mind being criticized because it helps him to reevaluate what he said. Well, believe me, there's going to be a lot of a reevaluation that's called for right now. Paul, right now the German bishops are giving each other high five while Bishop Strickland has been sacked and fired. Uh, yeah. And just to, just to prove to you that as people read the document, they're not going to parse through it. They're not going to say, well, technically... People are just going to read the document and they're going to say just like Father James Martin, who, by the way, is highly educated with several advanced degrees, several PhDs. Father James Martin just put this out on social media. Okay? He's a pro-homosexual Jesuit. Uh, he says, the Vatican's new declaration, Fiducia Supplicans, is a major step forward in the church ministry to LGBTQ people and recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples to God's presence in their loving relationships, it is also a marked shift from the conclusion that God does not and cannot bless sin from just two years ago. The declaration opens the door to non-liturgical blessings for same-sex couples, something that had been previously off-limits for bishops, priests, and deacons, along with many priests. I will now be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex unions, Father James Martin. Again. Uh, oh, Jess, you used, you used a he used a term there that I want to point out, opens the door. There it is. When you open the door, the demons flood in. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what happens with the document. He said it better than we could have said it. This a document yeah. opened the door, and he just said it. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, Paul. Everything about this document to me is concerning. 
the person who promulgated this document, Cardinal Victor Emmanuel Fernandez, he has a shady past. Uh, and he also wrote a book. He's the author of a book called, quote, Heal Me With Your Mar- Mouth, The Art of Kissing. This Now, what does a cardinal know about kissing? He wrote a book on it. Uh, and he's the one, Paul. He's the architect behind this document. Uh, so here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Priests that are orthodox and faithful to the perennial teachings of the church, they're just going to simply reject his declaration. I can tell you, I'm getting texts from all over the country. I don't want to mention names. Priests are going to say, not my parish, not, not my watch. However, there's enough liberal priests that are like Father, like I just read, Father James Morton. They're right now doing backflips, and they're going to employ this every chance they get, and they're going to give it, Paul, the appearance of a wedding. I bet they're going to even say, I'll give you a spontaneous blessing, get a photographer, uh, we'll throw rice yeah. when you guys are walking out, we'll get some music, some organ music, uh, you know, you, yeah. we'll decorate yeah. the church. That, that's the of way the course. left is, yeah, that's what they're going to do. Of course. Yeah. And, and As a matter of fact, uh, yeah. Yeah, this when the document says, "Oh, they shouldn't dress up," it doesn't say we can. It just says we shouldn't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to dress up like it's, you know, it's it, they're they're making a mockery. Uh, unfortunately, just the 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 priests that will do that, they have abandoned the faith. They are moving toward their the desire of their heart, which is sin, lust, all the things that the Bible says that we need to put to death the deeds of the flesh. How? By the power of the Spirit. And that's what's not taking place. Yep, and my engineer, my smart engineer says, and when it happens, the Vatican will do nothing. Paul, this reminds me of the the great St. Jerome doctor and father of the church. He said this, it is rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. I'm going to quote that again. St. Jerome, 4th century. It is rare mm. to find a heretic that loves chastity. Also, something else that we know from recent history is that there's a well-documented history of how the communists and masons and homosexuals have infiltrated the Catholic Church by orders of Joseph Stalin. That There's books written on this. This is this is uh, this is not a legend anymore or conspiracy theories. There's well documented books on this topic, and again, uh, this reminds me, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul of Saint Sister Lucia. She said yeah. in nineteen in nineteen seventy three, Sister Lucia, a key to Japan. Well, she didn't say it. Our Blessed Mother told Sister Lucia. And she spoke of the devil gaining power over some priests and bishops and other consecrated souls. Sister Lucia, uh, I mean, yeah. Sister, Lu- Sister Lucia, excuse me, Sister Lucy, yeah. uh, a Fatima, not, not, not Akita Japan, yeah. not, not Sister Sasagawa. Sister Lucy from yeah. a, fa- that was, a Fatima. That was, a, yeah, a- a- Agnes Sasagawa. Yeah. Yes. Sister Agnes. Yeah, yeah. that's the Akita Japan. I'm talking about Sister Lucia from Fatima. She also yes. speaks of this diabolical disorientation, which, which is infecting the upper hierarchy of the church. And uh, yeah. Sister, Sister Lucy, she said the devil is about to wage a, a decisive battle uh, as he knows what it is that offends God the most and which in a short space of time will gain for him the greatest number of souls. I'm just wondering, Paul, uh, if 2,000 years ago when Lot was fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah, do you think Lot 
should have looked up to the heavens, you know, and said, Lord, Lord, bless the cities, bless these cities, Lord, you know, don't, don't show your, don't uh, incur your wrath upon them. Lord, send your blessings upon Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what God would have responded to Lot? He would have said, get out, you and your wife and your kids, and, uh, and uh, this city is going to incur the wrath for their unrepentance and their hardness of heart, and they did. And God burned down that city with fire from heaven. Even if Lot or Abraham or somebody else would have pleaded with God, Lord, don't punish the city. There was rampant homosexuality and rampant bestiality that was occurring in those cities. And there came a tipping point with God where, where, where the judgment of God had to be made manifest. Why? To show, to, because even the justice of God demonstrates his glory and his power. You know, I'm just reminded of a, a phrase that our that our Pope said in recent years. Who am I to judge? Okay. And that doesn't imply, uh, you know, where we're going with all of this, Jess. He thinks, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, well, <laughs> the vicar of Christ, <laughs> you know. We're in a sad state, Jess, right now. And it's sad. We need to pray for Pope Francis. We need to pray for Holy Mother. Yeah, let's pray for Pope Francis right now. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we'll do, a, we'll do the Our Father in Latin for Pope Francis. Pater noster qui es in celis, sanctificit nomen tuum, adveniat reinam tuum fia voluntas tua, sicut in celu et in terra. Panem nostrum cotidianum danobis hodie, et dimitinobis habita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus habitoribus nostris, et nos inducas in tentationem, se liberanos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gracia plena dominus tecum, benedita tu mulieribus, et benedictus frutus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis pecadoribus nunc et in hora mortis nostri. Amen. Gloria Patri, Filio, Spiritu e Santo, sicur era in principio e nunc et semper et in secula, seculorum. Amen. That's a wrap. Up next, Gary Machuda, the big guy, hands-on apologetics, coming to you for the Midwest Command Center. As for us, let's not forget, we serve the Virgin Most Powerful. She's a 12-star general. Pray a rosary every day. Unite your prayers to the heels of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Unite your prayers to the sword of St. Michael and continue delivering powerful blows to the kingdom of darkness and let's tear down the gates of hell. What are they? Modernism, Marxism, and Masonry. Don't be discouraged, Catholics. We know at the very end, we win. Complete wipeout. Amen. Make sure that before you die, you leave it all out on the field for Jesus. God bless you. Keep the faith. Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. <laughs>